Chapter 15, Part 3 of The Colored Cadet at West Point, Autobiography of Lieutenant Henry Oshin Flipper, USA, First Graduate of Color from the U.S. Military Academy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. The Colored Cadet at West Point. Autobiography of Lieutenant Henry Oshin Flipper, USA, First Graduate of Color, from the U.S. Military Academy. Chapter 15, Part 3 Social Equality in the Army The article last named was about social equality in the Army. Flipper said that he was cordially met by the Army officers in Chattanooga. In return, he paid his respects to the Commandant, and was introduced and shown through the barracks. He was treated with every courtesy. How it is here you have all seen as I walked about the city. I have walked with the officers of the garrison here several times today, even up and down Whitehall Street, and one of them invited me into Schumann's drug store and had a glass of soda together. I know it is not a usual thing to sell to colored people, but we got it. Laughter and applause. And tonight, as Mr. J. O. Wimbish and myself were coming to the hall, we met with one of the officers at the corner and went into Schumann's again. We called for soda water and got it again. Applause. And I called at the barracks through military courtesy and paid my respects to the commandant. I understand that the officers there have had my case under consideration and have unanimously agreed that I am a graduate of the National Academy and hold a commission similar to their own, and am entitled to the same courtesy as any other officer. I have been invited to visit them at their quarters tomorrow. These things show you something of social equality in the Army, and when this happens with officers who have lived in the South and had opportunity to be tainted with Southern feeling, I expect still less trouble from this source when I reach my regiment and among officers who have not lived in the South and had occasion to be tainted in this way. The gentlemen of the army are generally better educated than the people of the South. He spoke of his graduation and of the applause with which he was greeted. He closed by thanking his audience. Flourishing his flipper. Then flipper was escorted upon the floor, and the announcement was made that all who desired could now be introduced to the youth. The first man to receive this distinguished honor was George Thomas, the assistant United States attorney. He was followed closely by several northern schoolmarms and teachers, and a host of the colored people. After shaking, the crowd took ice cream and cake, and adjourned. Sick transit. I pass over the preceding article with the silent contempt it deserves. Some of the papers commented upon it. I give two such articles. From the Atlanta, Georgia, Republican. The Atlanta Constitution, true to principle, comes out in a slanderous attack upon Lieutenant Flipper. In its issue of Tuesday, July 10th, it calls him a fraud. Would to heaven we had 10,000 such frauds in Georgia for the good of the state and progress in general. It takes exception, too, to the manner in which the colored lieutenant appeared at the reception given by the colored people in his honor. He was lavishly dressed in full regimentals, it says with gold cord. 
he sat upon the stage with his massive and ponderous sword, looking like Wellington or Grant in war council. He made remarks uncalled for and distasteful. Oh, dear, oh! Now, we, that is, I, this individual, Mr. Editor, for I would not assume your grand editorial pronoun, should like to know how the Constitution would have the young officer dress. Surely it was entirely proper and becoming that he should appear in full regimental cap, coat, boots, spurs, and all, full-fledged, just as he issued forth from West Point. In the first place, it was a novel sight for the colored people. Surely the Constitution would not rob us of the privilege and pleasure of seeing in full military costume the first and only one of our race who has been permitted to pass through West Point with honor. In regard to the ostentatious manner in which the lieutenant conducted himself on that evening, nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, the general comment of the evening, by both black and white, was on the modesty of his bearing. It is not strange, however, that the Constitution, whose judgment and sense of right and justice have been perverted through years of persistent sinning, should see things in a different light. The uncalled-for and distasteful remarks were doubtless those made in regard to the fact that northern people coming into contact with southern prejudice are tainted by it, and that West Pointers are generally better educated than the southern people. Of course, this would stir up the wrath of the Constitution, for what could be more hateful in its sight than truth? Justitia From the New York World Lieutenant Flipper would have shown better sense if he had not made any speech at Atlanta, but if he was to make any speech at all upon the subject of his treatment at West Point, it could scarcely be expected that he should make one more modest, manly, and sensible than that which is reported in our news columns. Here are two other articles of the abusive order from the Southern Press. From the Griffin, Georgia News. J. C. Freeman, the only white man in Georgia that ever disgraced the military of the United States, was in the city yesterday. It will be remembered that this individual at one time misrepresented this district in Congress, and during that time he appointed one Negro by color and Flipper, by name, to West Point. But then, nevertheless, the Negro is as good as he is, and better, too, and we have no doubt but what Freeman thinks he did a big thing, but the good people of the state think different. This notice is not paid for. From the Warrenton, Georgia, Clipper. The following is the way the Southerners solidify their section. That is, it is one way the other being the masked Ku Klux. What it says, however, about the North is just about so. Lieutenant Flipper, the colored cadet, is in Macon, and the darkies there think him a bigger man than General Grant. They'll want him to be president after a while, and the Northern people will then be the first to say no. The article of social equality referred to was clipped from the New York Evening Telegram. It is as follows. Negro Equality in the Army There is no danger of Negro equality, oh no, but it will be so delightful for the white soldier to be commanded to pace the greensward before the tent of Lieutenant Flipper, the Negro graduate of West Point, 
and the white soldier will probably indulge in a strange train of thought while doing it and when promotion comes and the negro becomes maja flippa or colonel flippa the prospects of the white captains and lieutenants will be so cheerful particularly if they have families and are stationed at some post in the far west where any neglect in the social courtesies toward their superior officer would probably go hard with them and their families to go back to the article flying around flipper i want to say the white people of georgia can claim no credit for any part of my education the stores school was not a public school at the time i went to school there it did not become such until i went to west point the atlanta university receives eight thousand dollars per annum from the state of georgia in lieu of the share of the agricultural land scrip due to the colored people for educational purposes efforts have been made to take even this from the university but all have been failures from the macon georgia telegram and messenger battalion parade on monday evening the colored companies of the city had a battalion parade and review the three companies viz the lincoln guards the bibb county blues and the central city light infantry formed on fourth street and to martial music marched up mulberry to first down first to walnut up walnut to spring street and there formed for dress parade and inspection on the right of the line were the light infantry under captain w h de lyons the blues bore the colors and were commanded by spencer moses captain and the guards supported the extreme left t n m sellers captain of the lincoln guards acted as major after some preliminary movements the troops were inspected by lieutenant flipper the colored graduate of west point the troops then marched around the inspecting officer the line was again formed, and the major addressed Lieutenant Flipper in a short speech in which was expressed gratitude to the government and thanks to the inspecting officer. Lieutenant Flipper replied in a few very sensible and appropriate remarks, that he wished all success, honor, and thanks to the companies for their kindness and courtesy, hoped they would all make soldiers and tight for their country, that he was a soldier rather than a speaker that he had tried to do his duty at west point and that he expected to continue to try to do his duty and again thanking you for your hospitality kindness and attention to myself i renew my wish for your future success after the speaking there was a general handshaking the entire parade was very creditable indeed showing considerable proficiency in the tactics and was witnessed by a large crowd of about twelve hundred of whites and blacks this is the first review ever held by the colored troops in the city of macon about eighty men rank and file were out the colors used was the united states flag the uniforms were tasty and well gotten up there was a very scurrilous article in one of the charleston south carolina papers i have not been able to get it i am informed that after commenting on my graduation assignment etc it indulged in much speculation as to my future it told how i would live be treated etc how i would marry beget little flippers and rear them up to don the army blue and even went far enough to predict their career it was a dirty piece of literature and i am not very sorry i couldn't obtain it from the atlanta georgia republican 
successful colored young men at length a colored youth has overcome the difficulties that surrounded him as a student at the west point military academy and has graduated with the respect of his white associates who were at first very much opposed to him mr flipper the successful young man is a georgia boy and was appointed a cadet to west point from the fifth congressional district the atlanta district by congressman freeman we believe he was raised by reverend frank quarles of this city and is regarded by him almost as a son john f quarles esq the son of reverend frank quarles is spending a few days with his father mr j f quarles was educated in pennsylvania since the war and returned to georgia in eighteen seventy he read law and was admitted to the augusta bar after a careful examination before three of the ablest lawyers at that bar which is noted for its talent he passed a very creditable examination and is we believe the only colored man who has been admitted to the georgia bar he was soon after appointed consul to port mahon in the mediterranean sea and served with credit until he was legislated of office by the democratic congress president hayes recently appointed him consul to malaga spain reverend mr quarles is justly proud of two such boys here too is a venerable colored man claiming the honor of having raised me why i never was away from my mother and father ten consecutive hours in my life until i went to west point it is possible nay very probable that he jumped me on his knee or boxed me soundly for some of my childish pranks but as to raising me that honor is my mother's not his before leaving west point the following communications were sent me from the headquarters of the liberia exodus association ten mary street charleston south carolina i replied in very courteous terms that i was opposed to the whole scheme and declined to have anything to do with it i was in charleston later in the year and while there i was besieged by some of the officers of the association who had not yet despaired of making me generalissimo of liberia's army as one of them expressed himself wearied of their importunities and having no sympathy with the movement i published the following in the charleston news and courier flipper on liberia lieutenant flipper of the tenth united states cavalry the newly fledged colored west pointer has something to say on the question of the liberian exodus which will be interesting to the people of his race the lieutenant by his creditable career as a cadet at the military academy has certainly earned the right to be heard by the colored population with at least as much respect and attention as has been given to the very best of the self-constituted apostles of the exodus here is his letter to the editor of the news and courier sir a rumor has come to me from various sources to the effect that i have promised to resign my commission in the army after serving the two years required by law and to then accept another as general commander-in-chief of the liberian army it has also come to my notice that many particularly in the counties adjoining georgia are being persuaded and intend going to liberia because i have made this promise i shall consider it no small favor if you will state that there is no law requiring me to serve two years 
that I never authorized any such statement as here made, that I have no sympathy whatever for the Liberian Exodus movement, that I give it neither countenance nor support, but will oppose it whenever I feel that the occasion requires it. I am not at all disposed to flee from one shadow to grasp at another, from the supposed error of Hayes's southern policy to the prospective glory of commanding Liberia's army. Very respectfully, your obedient servant, Henry O. Flipper, 2nd Lieutenant, 10th U.S. Cavalry, Charleston, South Carolina, October 19, 1877. THE LETTERS FROM CHARLESTON Rooms of the Liberian African Association, 10 Mary Street, Charleston, South Carolina, June 22, 1877. To Henry O. Flipper, Esquire, U.S. Military Academy, West Point, New York. Dear friend and brother, your future, as foreshadowed by the press of this country, looks dismal enough. We have conned its remarks with mingled feelings of sympathy and exultation. Exultation, because we believe fate has something higher and better in store for you than they or you ever dreamed. Enclosed, please find copy of a letter to the Honorable the Secretary of State. We have not yet received a reply. Also enclosed, a number of the missionary record containing the call referred to. We have mentioned you in our note to His Excellency Anthony Gardner, President of Liberia. Please communicate with us and say if this letter and enclosures do not open up a bright vista in the future to your imagination and reasonable aspirations. We picture to ourselves our efforts to obtain a line of steamers crowned with success, and behold you as Commander-in-Chief organizing and marshalling Liberia's military forces in the interests of humanity at large, and the especial development of a grand African nationality that shall command the respect of the nations. So Africa shall resume her seat in the Hall of Nations vast, and strike upon her restrung lyre the requiem of the past, and sing a song of thanks to God for his great mercies shown in leading with an outstretched arm the benighted wanderer home, Salah. Provide yourself at once with maps, etc. Master the chorography of Africa in general, and the topography of Liberia in particular. That is to say, the whole range of the Kong Mountains, including its eastern slope on to the Niger, our natural boundary, for the next thirty years. After that, onward. Cultivate especially the artillery branch of the service. This is the arm with which we can most surely overawe all thought of opposition among the native tribes, whilst military engineering will dot out settlements with forts against which, they will see, t'would be madness to hurl themselves. We desire to absorb and cultivate them. The great obstacle to this is their refusal to have their girls educated. This results from their institution of polygamy. Slavery is the same the world over. It demands the utter ignorance of its victims. We must compel their enlightenment. Have we not said enough? Does not your intelligence grasp and your ambition spring to the great work? Let us hear from you. You can be a great power in assisting to carry out our exodus. If you desire, we will elect you a member of our council and keep you advised of our proceedings. 
we forward you by this mail some of our numbers and the charleston news of the twentieth see the article on yourself and let it nerve you to thoughts and deeds of greatness let us know something about baker and mclennan are they at annapolis cadets we will require a navy as well as an army also something about yourself what part of the state are you from honorable r h kane is not here or probably he could inform us affectionately yours by our president b f porter pastor of morris brown chapel george curtis corresponding secretary p s we have received a reply from the secretary of state very courteous in its tone but regrets to say that he has no special means of forming an opinion upon the subject the measure referred to would require an act of congress in respect to whose future proceedings it would not be prudent to venture a prediction the answer is all we expected we have made ourselves known to and are recognized by the executive our next step is to address senators morton and blaine hon r h kane will see to it that the question is pushed in the house g c copy rooms of the liberia exodus association ten mary street charleston south carolina june fourteen eighteen seventy seven hon william j everts secretary of state washington d c sir enclosed please find a call on our people to prepare to organize for an exodus to liberia we think it explains itself but any further explanation called for we will gladly supply in the event of a sufficient response to our call please inform us if there is any probability of our government placing one or more steamers on the route between here or port royal and liberia for our transportation and if so then the charge for passage and if to those unable to pay ready money time will be given and the payment received in produce tens of thousands are now eager to go from this state alone but we want a complete exodus if possible from the whole united states thus leaving you a homogeneous people opening up an immense market for your products giving a much required impetus to your trade commerce and manufactures and for ourselves attaining a position where removed from under the shade of a superior race we will have full opportunity for developing whatever capacity of soul growth our creator has endowed us with that africa will be developed and chiefly through the instrumentality of its five millions of descendants in america is certain now the question is who shall have the chief handling and consequent benefit of this grand instrument next to itself of course for we are treating of a sentient instrumentality we beseech you that you do not send us columbus-like from court to court offering the development of a new world to incredulous ears we are asking the president of liberia the american colonization society and all friends of the measure for their aid advice and cooperation we desire to carry our first shipment of immigrants not later than september or october proximo we have the honor to be sir in all respect and loyalty yours to command the council of the l e a by our president b f porter pastor morris brown a m e church george curtis corresponding secretary here is an article from some paper in new orleans contempt is all it deserves i am sure all my readers will treat it as i do 
frogs will croak won't they lieutenant flipper with the successful examination of the colored cadet flipper at west point and his appearance in the gazette as a full-fledged lieutenant of cavalry the long vexed question has been settled just as it ceased to be a question of any practical import out of three or four experiments flipper is the one success as the whole south has now passed into democratic control and the prospect for southern republican congressmen is small the experiments will hardly be repeated and he must stand for those who might have been it would be interesting to know how flipper is to occupy his time the usual employments of young lieutenants are of a social nature such as leading the german at narragansett pier and officiating in select private theatricals in the great haunts of fashion flipper is described as a little bow-legged griff of the most darkly coppery hue and of a general pattern that even the most enthusiastic would find it hard to adopt flipper is not destined to uphold the virtues and graces of his color in the salons of boston and new york then nor can he hope to escape the disagreeably conspicuous solitude he now inhabits among his fellow officers through any of those agencies of usage and familiarity which would result if other flippers were to follow him into the army and help to dull the edge of the innovation just what flipper is to do with himself does not seem altogether clear even the excitement of leading his men among the redskins will be denied him now that spotted tail has pacified the malcontents and sitting bull has retired to the canadas it is to be presumed that those persons who patronized flipper and had him sent to west point are gratified at the conclusion and there is a sort of reason for believing that flipper himself is contented with the lot he has accepted but whether the experiment is worth all the annoyance it occasions is a problem not so easily disposed of his prospects don't appear to be very brilliant as regards social delights or domestic enjoyments but of course that is flipper's business not ours it merely struck us that things had happened a little unfortunately for him to become the lonesome representative of his race in the midst of associations that object to him and at a time when the supply of colored officers is permanently cut off personally we are not interested in flipper i am indebted to a houston texas paper for the following the colored west pointer we had a call yesterday from lieutenant h o flipper of the united states army mr flipper it will be remembered is the colored cadet who graduated at the military academy at west point last season occupying in his class a position that secured his appointment to the cavalry service a mark of distinction he was gazetted as second lieutenant in the tenth cavalry and he enjoys the honor of being the first colored man who has passed by all the regular channels into an official station in the army this young officer is a bright mulatto tall and soldierly with a quiet unobtrusive manner and the bearing of a gentleman as the forerunner of his race in the position he occupies he is placed in a delicate and trying situation a fact which he realizes he remarked that he knew it was one of the requirements of an officer of the army to be a gentleman a man of honor and integrity under all circumstances and he hoped to be equal to his duties in this regard he goes on to fort concho to join his regiment which is likely to have work to do soon if there is anything in the signs of the times 
we bespeak for this young officer the just consideration to which the difficulties of his position entitle him i was originally ordered to fort concho but at houston texas i met my lieutenant colonel who informed me that my company was en route to fort sill my orders were then changed and i proceeded to sill here is another article from a paper in the same place the difference the age yesterday had a call from henry o flipper second lieutenant tenth united states cavalry who was on his way under orders to join his regiment at fort concho so far there is nothing very unusual in this item but interest will be given to it when we add that lieutenant flipper is the first colored graduate of west point he went to the institution from georgia and graduated last june fifty-fifth in a class of seventy-six there is a preponderance of white blood in his veins and in general appearance except for color he is a perfect image of senator plum of kansas he reports that since he has struck the south he has been treated like a gentleman which is something different from his experience in the north he made the acquaintance of senator maxey at west point the senator himself being a graduate of the academy and regards him as a very pleasant gentleman during the ten minutes he spent in the age editorial rooms several prominent democrats of the city called to see and shake hands with him partly out of curiosity to see the colored cadet who was so bitterly persecuted by northern students at west point and partly to bid him a welcome to the south such as none of his political party friends would have thought of giving him in the north before many years he will be as all intelligent colored men will be a democrat wherever i have traveled in the south it has been thrown into my face that the southern people had would and did treat me better than the northern people this is wholly untrue it is true that the men generally speak kindly and treat me with due courtesy but never in a single instance has a southern man introduced me to his wife or even invited me to his house it was done north in every place i stopped in many cases when invited to visit gentlemen's residences they have told me they wanted their wives to meet me a distinguished new york lady whose name has occurred in print several times with mine gave me with her own hands a handsome floral tribute just after receiving my diploma during five months stay in the south after my graduation not a single southern white woman spoke to me i mistake i did buy some articles from one who kept a bookstore in a country town in georgia this is the only exception this is the way southern people treated me better than northern people the white people men of houston texas showed me every possible courtesy while i was there my treatment there was in high and honorable contrast to that i received in atlanta here are two articles that have a few words to say about me. I adopt and quote them at length. From the New York Tribune. West Point. The examinations of the boys in the national school have become an object of national interest this year more than any other, simply because there is a stagnation of other news. While the public is waiting for an outbreak from cars or the new party, it has leisure to look into the condition of these incipient officers. Hence, reporters have crowded to West Point. The Board of Visitors and Cadets have both been quickened to unwonted zeal by the consciousness of the blaze of notoriety upon them. 
and the country has read with satisfaction each morning of searching examinations and sweeping cavalry charges giving a shrug however at the enthusiastic recommendation of certain members of the board that the number of yearly appointments should be doubled or quadrupled in this cold egg of economy with which the nation is attacked just now and which leaves old army officers unpaid for a disagreeably long time the chances of any addition to the flock in the nest are exceedingly small in fact while the average american in wartime recognized the utility of a trained band of tacticians he is apt to grumble at their drain upon his pocket in piping times of peace only last year he relieved himself in congress and elsewhere by a good deal of portentous talking as to the expediency of doing away with the naval and military free schools altogether he has in short pretty much the opinion of the army officer that hodge has of his parish priest useful enough for sundays and funerals but too consumedly expensive a luxury for weekdays this opinion no doubt appears simply ludicrous and vulgar to the gallant young fellows who are being trained for their country's service up the hudson and who already look upon themselves as its supports and bulwarks but there is a substratum of common sense in it which we commend to their consideration because if for no other reason that the average american is the man who pays their bills and to whom they owe their education and future livelihood if they do not accept his idea of the conduct and motives of action by which they may properly repay him the debt they owe it certainly is fitting that their own idea should be indisputably a higher one we begin to doubt whether it is not much lower the country in establishing this school simply proposed to train a band of men skilled to serve it when needed as tacticians engineers or disciplinarians the more these men founded their conduct on the basis of good sense honor and republican principles the better and higher would be their service the idea of the boys themselves however within later years seems to be that they constitute an aristocratic class moved by anything but republican principles entitled to lay down their own laws of good breeding and honor accounts which reach us of their hazing etc and notably their treatment of the colored cadets show that these notions are quite different from those accepted elsewhere now such ideas would be natural in pupils of the great french or austrian military schools where admission testifies to high rank by birth or to long patient achievement on the part of the student but really our boys at west point must remember that they belong to a nation made up of working and tradesmen that they are the sons of just such people that the colored laborer helps to pay for their support as well as that of the representative of his race who sits beside them furthermore they have done nothing as yet to entitle them to assume authority in such matters they have recited certain lessons learned to drill and ride and to wear their clothes with precision but something more is needed the knight of old was skilled in gentleness and fine courtesy to the weak and unfortunate as well as in horsemanship it was his manners not his trousers which were beyond reproach it is not as trifling a matter as it seems that these young fellows should thus imbibe mistaken ideas of their own position or the requirements of real manliness and good breeding the greatest mistakes in the war 
were in consequence of just such defects in some of our leading officers, and the slaughter of the Indians in the Southwest upon two occasions proceeded from their inability to recognize the rights of men of a different color from themselves. Even in trifles, however, such matters follow the rule of inexorable justice, as, for instance, in this case of Cadet Flipper, who, under ordinary circumstances, might have passed without notice, but is now known from one end of the country to the other as a credit to his profession in scholarship, pluck, and real dignity. While his classmates are scarcely mentioned, though higher in rank, except in relation to their cruel and foolish conduct toward him. From the New York World West Point, August 29 In my earnest desire to do justice to the Grand Ball last night, I neglected to mention the arrival of the new colored candidate for admission into the United States Military Academy, although I saw him get off at the steamboat landing and was a witness to the supreme indifference with which he was treated, save by a few personal friends. Many passed the physical examination easily, for he is a healthy mulatto. Whether this stern alma mater will matriculate him is still a question. It is really astonishing, and perhaps alarming, in view of the enthusiastic endeavors of the Republican Party to confer upon the colored race all the rights and privileges of citizens of the United States, to see with what lofty contempt every candidate for academic honors who is in the slightest degree off-color is received. As you are aware, there is at present a colored or partly colored cadet in the freshman class, Whitaker by name. This poor young mulatto is completely ostracized not only by West Point society, but most thoroughly by the Corps of Cadets itself. Flipper got through all right, and, strange to say, the cadets seem to have a certain kind of respect for him, although he was the darkest African that has yet been seen among the West Point cadets. Flipper had remarkable pluck and nerve, and was accorded his parchment, well up on the list, too, at last graduation day. He is made of sterner staff than poor Whitaker. A most surprising fact is that not one of the cadets, and I think I might safely include the professors, tries to dissemble his animosity for the black, mulatto, or octoroon candidate. When I asked a cadet today some questions concerning the treatment of Cadet Whitaker by the Corps, he said, Oh, we get along very well, sir. The cadets simply ignore him and he understands very well that we do not intend to associate with him. This cadet and several others were asked whether many, if admitted, would also be ostracized socially. Their only answer was, Certainly. That is well understood by all. We don't associate with these men, but they have all the rights that we have nevertheless. I asked if he knew whether Whitaker attended the ball last night. The cadet said he didn't see him at the ball, but that he might have been looking on from the front stoop. How does this young man Whitaker usually amuse himself when the rest of the boys are at play, I asked. Well, we don't get much play, and I think that Whitaker has as much as he can do to attend to his studies. He managed to pull through at last examination, but I doubt if he ever graduates, was the reply. Meeting another cadet to whom I had been introduced, I asked, what he had heard of the prospects of the new colored candidate, Minnie. I haven't heard anything, but I hope he won't get through, said the cadet. 
another cadet who stood near said that the case of flipper who graduated so successfully was an exceptional one flipper didn't care for anything except to graduate but he was confident that these other colored cadets would fail so far as i have been able to ascertain the faculty have never attempted to prevent the colored cadets from having an equal chance with their white fellows in fact under the present management it would be next to impossible for them to do so i can't let this article pass without quoting a few words from a letter i have from whittaker now at west point he says i have been treated bully since i came in from camp of summer of seventy seven got only one skin last month december seventy seven i am still under blank tactical officer and he treats me bully he wanted to have a man court-martialed when we were in camp for refusing to close up on me one day a corporal put me in the rear rank when there were plebes in the front rank and told him if any such act ever occurred again he would have him and the file confined to the guard-house he has never skinned me since you left he is okay towards me and the others are afraid of him as i am sitting in my room on third floor sixth division a kind of sadness creeps over me for i am all alone many went home on last friday he was weighed in the math scale and found wanting the poor fellow did not study his math and could not help being found he was treated fairly and squarely but he did not study i did all i could to help and encourage him but it was all in vain he did not like an instructor very much and a carelessness seized him which resulted in his dismissal i was sorry to see him go away and he himself regretted it very much he saw his great error only when it was too late on the day he left he told me that he did not really study a math lesson since he entered and was then willing to give anything to remain and redeem himself he had a very simple subject on examination and when he came back he told me that he had not seen the subject for some two or three weeks before and he consequently did not know what to put on the board all he had on it was wrong and he could not make his demonstration the world reporter seems to be as ignorant as some of the others i was by no means the darkest african that has yet been seen among the west point cadets howard who reported in eighteen seventy with smith was unadulterated as also were whirl and white who reported in eighteen seventy four there were others who were also darker than i am gibbs and napier as i am informed i never saw the last two the brooklyn eagle is more generous in its views it proposes to utilize me see what it says probably lieutenant flipper could be made much more useful than as a target for indian bullets if our government would withdraw him from the army and place him in some colored college where he could teach the pupils engineering so that when they reach africa they could build bridges railroads etc this article was signed by h w b it is not difficult to guess who that is i have had considerable correspondence with an army officer a stranger to me on this subject of being detailed at some college he is of opinion it would be best for me I could not agree with him after i joined my company an effort unknown to me was made by the texas mechanical and agricultural college to have me detailed there 
it was published in the papers that I had been so detailed. I made some inquiries, learned of the above statements, and that the effort had completely failed. Personally, I'd rather remain with my company. I have no taste and no tact for teaching. I would decline any such appointment. From the Thomasville, Georgia Times William Flipper, the colored cadet, has graduated at West Point and been commissioned as a second lieutenant of cavalry in the United States Army. He is the first colored individual who ever held a commission in the Army, and it remains to be seen how the thing will work. Flipper's father resides here and is a first-class boot and shoemaker. A short time back he stated that he had no idea his son would be allowed to graduate, but he will be glad to know that he was mistaken. Of course, everybody knows my name is not William. From the Thomasville, Georgia Enterprise Lieutenant Henry O. Flipper of the United States Army is spending a few days here with his father's family. He has been on the streets very little, spending most of his time at home. He wears an undress uniform and deports himself, so far as we have heard, with perfect propriety. This we believe he has done since his graduation, with the exception of his unnecessary and uncalled-for criticisms on the Southern people in his Atlanta speech. He made a mistake there, one which his sense and education ought to teach him not to repeat. Not that it would affect our people, or that they care about it, but for his own good. In all the places I visited after graduation, I was treated with the utmost respect and courtesy except in Atlanta. The white people, with one exception, didn't notice me at all. All foreigners treated me with all due consideration. One young man, whom I knew many years, who has sold me many an article, and awaited my convenience for his pay, and who met me in New York, and walked and talked with me, hung his head and turned away from me, just as I was about to address him on a street in Atlanta. Again and again have I passed and repassed acquaintances on the streets without any sign of recognition, even when I have addressed them. Whenever I have entered any of their stores for any purpose, they have almost invariably gotten off some stuff about attempts on the part of the authorities at West Point to freeze me out, or about better treatment from southern boys than from those of the north. That is how they treated me in Atlanta, although I had lived there over fourteen years and was known by nearly everyone in the city. In Thomasville, southwest Georgia, where I was born, and which I had not seen for eighteen years, I was received and treated by the whites almost as one of themselves. That undress uniform was a sit-suit of blue cheviot. The people there, like those in Atlanta, don't seem to know a black button from a brass one, or a civilian suit from a military uniform. From the Charleston, South Carolina News and Courier the Colored West Pointer. Lieutenant H. O. Flipper, the colored graduate of West Point, was entertained in style at Tully's King Street, Tuesday night. The hosts were a colored organization called Tile Amateur Literary and Fraternal Association, which determined that the lieutenant who will leave this city today to join his regiment, the 10th Cavalry, now in Texas, should not do so without some evidence of their appreciation of him personally, and of the fact that he had reflected credit on their race by passing through the National Academy. Over forty persons were at the entertainment, to
to whom the lieutenant was presented by a j rancier the colored ex-member of congress the lieutenant responded briefly as he has invariably done and expressed his warm thanks for the courtesy shown by the association a number of sentiments were offered and speeches made and the evening passed off very agreeably to all especially so to the recipient of the hospitality lieutenant flipper expects to start today for texas while he has been in this city he has made friends with whites and blacks by the sensible course he has pursued from the charleston south carolina commercial lieutenant flipper's entertainment the amateur literary and fraternal association of which a j rancier is the president learning that lieutenant flipper of the united states cavalry was preparing to depart to the position assigned him on duty on the plains in texas at once determined to give him a reception and for this purpose the following committee was appointed to arrange the details and program for an entertainment j n gregg w h burney a j rancier c c leslie and george a gibson the arrangements were made and the members of the association and invited guests to the number of some forty of the most respectable colored people of charleston met last night at tully's hall king street where a bounteous feast was prepared for the occasion the guest lieutenant flipper soon arrived and was introduced to the party and in the course of time all sat down at the table upon which was spread the most palatable dishes which the king caterer of charleston could prepare this was vigorously attacked by all wines were then brought on and speech-making introduced as a set-off a j rancier in one of his usual pleasant speeches introduced lieutenant flipper paying him a deserved tribute for his success in the attainment of the first commission issued to a colored graduate of west point lieutenant flipper in a brief and courteous speech acknowledged the compliment and thanked the association for the kind attention paid him promising them that in his future career in the army of his country he would ever strive to maintain a position which would do credit to his race w h burney next responded in eloquent terms to the toast the state of south carolina j n gregg was called upon and responded in a wise and discreet manner to the toast of the future of the colored man in this country the press and woman were next respectively toasted and responded to by rancier and f a carmond other speeches were made by c c leslie j j connor and others and at a late hour the party retired after a most pleasant evening's enjoyment lieutenant flipper leaves for texas tomorrow before closing my narrative i desire to perform a very pleasant duty i sincerely believe that all my success at west point is due not so much to my perseverance and general conduct there as to the early moral and mental training i received at the hands of those philanthropic men and women who left their pleasant homes in the north to educate and elevate the black portion of america's citizens and that too to their own discomfort and disadvantage how they have borne the sneers of the southern press the ostracism from society in the south the dangers of ku klux in remote counties to raise up a downtrodden race not for personal aggrandizement but for the building up and glory of his kingdom who is no respecter of persons 
is surely worthy our deepest gratitude, our heartfelt thanks, and our prayers and blessing. Under the training of a good Christian old lady, too old for the work but determined to give her might of instruction, I learned to read and to cipher. This in 1866. From her I was placed under control of a younger person, a man. From him I passed to the control of another lady at the famous Stores School. I remained under her for two years, more or less, when I passed to the control of another lady in what was called a normal school. From here I went to the Atlanta University and prepared for the college course, which in due time I took up. This course of training was the foundation of all my after-success. The discipline, which I learned to heed because it was good, has been of incalculable benefit to me. It has restrained and shaped my temper on many an occasion when to have yielded to it would have been ruin. It has regulated my acts when to have committed them as I contemplated would have been base unmanliness, and it has made my conduct in all cases towards others generous, courteous, and Christian, when it might otherwise have been mean, base, and degrading. It taught me to be meek, considerate, and kind, and I have verily been benefited by it. The mind training has been no less useful. Its thoroughness, its completeness, and its variety made me more than prepared to enter on the curriculum of studies prescribed at West Point. A less thorough, complete, or varied training would never have led to the success I achieved. I was not prepared expressly for West Point. This very thoroughness made me competent to enter any college in the land. How my heart looks back and swells with gratitude to these trainers of my youth. My gratitude is deeply felt, but my ability to express it is poor. May heaven reward them with long years of happiness and usefulness here, and when this life is over and its battles won, may they enter the bright portals of heaven, and at his feet and from his own hands receive crowns of immortal glory. End of chapter 15, part 3. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista.